In this episode, I'm joined by my mother, and we reflect on a year later, um, a year ago to the date we lost my grandmother, and my brother was murdered on the same day. And we talk about that. Uh, this is episode 12, Junior and Nanny. <laughs> special guest on the podcast today. We're going to be um, talking about my brother, uh, Benzeri O'Neill Ferris Jr., who was murdered a year ago. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about his life and uh, how hard this past year has been. And to do that, I have my mother on the phone, uh, on the podcast, I'm sorry. Uh, Mom, Introduce yourself to my audience. Hello, audience. My name is Rosetta Ferris, and I am the mother of Daniel Ferris, Christina Curry, Clarence Bolden, and the late Denzeria O'Neill Ferris Jr. Denzeria O'Neill Ferris Jr. and uh, Denzeria O'Neill Ferris Jr., uh, my older brother, he was your oldest child, correct, Mom? Yes, he was my oldest child. He's 32 years old when he got murdered. He got murdered. Okay, I want to, um, I don't want, you know, this episode to be too sad, but I think uh, maybe the topic just kind of calls for it because it's innately sad. Uh, this has been a heavy day for me and you, so I'll try not to get too emotional, but uh, I can't give any promises. But I want to take you back to the day that we found out that he had been killed, uh, if that's okay with you, Mal. Okay? Yes. Yes, that's fine. So I'll kind of set the, set the stage. It was a year ago um, to this day, and we, had, we actually had been preparing for the death of your mother, um, my grandmother. Um, is that correct, Mal? Yes, that's correct. What do you remember about that day? Oh, uh, okay. It happened. Um, it was kind of slowly concerning Mama's death mm -hmm. because Mama had Alzheimer's and dementia, and we knew that she was dying because she was on hospice. Right. And so that day, we had started calling friends and family members, whoever wanted to come to say their last goodbyes to her. Mm -hmm. and they did all of that and then over the night I never forget we knew you know she didn't have much time left 
you and I both spent the night in her room. Right. I sat in her lift chair. You were on the floor. You was lying on the floor in front of her hospital bed, which was in her room here in the house. And I don't, I never forget. My back had started hurting me because we had been in the room probably about close to an hour and I had been working that week and it's what life was going on and I had did her pre-arrangements for her funeral. It was just a lot going on that week. Mm-hmm. And I was really, really tired and I said, I'm going to go lie down. And mom was still alive before I went to lay down. She was sleeping and she was on oxygen in her hospice bed. And so I told you I was going to go lie down in my room. And I went, I came in my room and I laid down and looked like within two hours or so. I never forget. You came in my room and you said, Mama, you need to check her. Come check Nanny. And I came, I got up out of my bed and went to Mama's room, which was across from my room. And when I went to check her, she was gone. Mm-hmm. And I said, Daniel, she's gone. Mm-hmm. And so afterwards, I knew, you know, she was gone. Um, she was on the oxygen, so we took all the oxygen and stuff off her. And I called the hospice nurse for her to come. And she came. And checked her, and she said, "Mama's time of death." I think it was like one something in the morning. Right. And so after that, we had to call the um, undertakers from Heavenly Gate because because that I had done the the prearrangement. I knew that you know Heavenly Gates was going to receive her, and they knew you know they was kind of on call anyway, you know, because I had done that that the same week, and so they came out. And when they came out, they put her in the body bag and put her in the heavenly gate van, you know, that they use to take her body on in that van. And so after that, we said our goodbyes to mama. And looked like within 45 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, uh, I was here, you was here, my friend Kim was here. And Kim and I were sitting at the table and the house phone began to ring. And I was like, hmm, that's strange. The house phone, no, nobody ever called us on a house phone. And so I was just kind of startled about it ringing. However, I ended up, you know, picking it up. And when I got the call, I accepted the call. The man said this was officer. I don't remember his name. But he said, this was an officer from Streetport Police Department. Uh, I'm calling, trying to reach a, a Miss Ferris, Miss Ferris. And he said, are you uh, related to uh, Danziria Ferris? I said, yeah, that's my son. That's my son. He said, Miss Ferris has been a homicide. I said, is, is he okay? Is he all right? Is he all and he, right? And, and he I remember uh, we asked him the question and he would not tell us at the time. Yeah, he right, didn't yeah. tell us was at the time I said is he okay he said we coming to you he just kept telling me we're going to come to you and my friend Kim was sitting 
like adjacent from me. And she said, Rose, it just doesn't look good. I said, girl, I can't take no more of this. I can't, you know, mama just died. And so anyway, uh, I called him back and he kept telling me, he said, Miss Ferris, there's been a homicide. We have the person that did it. Your son was not in the room. We got the person that did it. Uh, and he never did tell me, you know, if Junior was dead or alive. Mm-hmm. And so they, I mean, it was like hours before, Several you know, I got there. in contact again. Yeah, before I got in contact with him again from Shreveport Police Department. And he said, Miss Ferris, I'm, I'm not far from you. I'm probably like 10 minutes away from you. Do, do, me and Mom, do, do, do you recall as we were waiting for him to tell us whether or not Junior was the one having killed, we tried to convince ourselves that somehow Junior was still alive? Yeah, like I was. Had to do that. Matter of fact, yeah, I was hoping, you know, didn't want him to kill anybody. But I right. said, well, if he killed, if he killed somebody, then he'll still be alive. You know, that was, right. I was, you know, was thinking, you know, it went like that. You know, but when the detectives got out of the car, they said, "Miss Ferris, I hate to tell you that uh, your son was murdered. He was shot by that rapper, and uh." He didn't make it. Right. And so I, 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 I was in a driveway and I started screaming and yelling, oh, no, not Junior. Mama just left me. Not Junior, too. Not Junior. And I fell down on the ground. Kim was down there with me. And I just, I just couldn't, I just couldn't believe. I just, just went kind of numb after that. Yeah, I remember when it happened, I was, when he told us, I was standing out in the front yard and I just fell on the ground and I, I started crying and I just completely, completely lost it. Because like you said, we had just lost Nanny yeah. and we had been preparing for that. And there was a sad, emotional time leading up to her death, you know, even though yes. we were preparing for it. I remember we cried a lot uh, that day. Yes, yes, and we did. to be hit with, you know, the death that Junior had been killed. Yes. And uh, not only had he been killed, but he had been murdered. You know, it's not like he murdered. died in a car accident or right, you know, right, died serving his country overseas or anything like that. You know, he was he was murdered, gunned and, down. Um, yeah, yeah. That was that was a was that mom? Would you say was that the hardest day of your life? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Because that whole week, I just didn't feel right. Because I knew mama was dying, but it was just, I mean, I just felt like something else was going to happen. Something else. But while I was taking care of all of mama's stuff, I, I was just still telling myself, you know, telling God, God, just help me. Just keep me. And I was telling myself, how am I going to live without my mama? I was telling God, God, how am I going to live without my mama? Because right. mama was there, you know. For everything with me, the good, the bad, the ugly, the up, the down, the, the marriages, you know, me going through school, high school, colleges, you know, everything. Mama was there. But then when it came to, you know, Junior, the man taking Junior's life like that, and I still ask myself, I don't understand how he could have just taken his life. He didn't have to kill him. I, I have said that in my mind probably a hundred times. 
probably more than that. I keep saying he didn't have to kill you. Right. He didn't have to kill my son. He didn't have to kill him. He didn't have to kill him. Yeah, I. And um, then you know it was. Oh, you could yeah. go on. I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. I'm gonna say that I, like you said, the feeling that he didn't have to kill him, and ever since Junior died, I, I have, I dream about him nearly every night, and <laughs> it's different. And the dream, the basis of all the dreams are basically I'm trying to save him. I'm trying to warn him. I'm trying to save him because I know he's about to die and I'm trying to save him, but I can't never save him in the dream. And I think for me, I think I, I thought I told you this, but the day before he was murdered, you know, he had called me and he was trying to talk to me and I kind of rushed him off the phone because, you know, I was just trying to focus on Nanny and I figured yeah. I had more time to kind of, you know, get Junior. Because even though he was yeah. my older brother, you know, as we got older, I kind of became the older brother in a sense. And yeah. I was like, okay, I'll have time to straighten him out. But it didn't happen. And uh, yeah. It, yeah, so for me, not only, you know, the feeling that, you know, I lost my grandmother, my nanny, my brother was murdered on the same day, but the guilt that I felt, that I still feel to a large degree that mm-hmm. if I would have just, you know, taking the time to talk to him that day mm-hmm. or go pick him up. You know, there's mm-hmm. so many different things that yeah. could have did that I wish I had done that. that when in your head. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he'd still be here, you know? Yeah. 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 I can relate to that too, because he wanted to come that night. Right. But my the reason why I really didn't let him come that night, because I was really trying to save him from seeing mama in the state that she was in. I really was. I did not want him to see mama in the state that she was in. Because we saw it all, Daniel. We saw from the time mama, you know, started declining in her health-wise with the dementia and Alzheimer. We saw how she went down. Looked like when she died, she probably was weighing 70 pounds. We saw when she couldn't hardly talk anymore. We mm-hmm. saw when she was like drinking that liquid stuff. And then afterwards, she had just stopped drinking. She was just looking at us the last day. She couldn't talk anymore. She was just looking at us. Right. We saw it all. And I didn't want Junior to see, you know, that side of her. That was my main thing. I did not want him to see because I knew how he was. I was calling myself, you know, saving him. But he wanted to see it, but I didn't want him to see this side of it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Like you said, wanting to save him, wanting to protect him, and yeah, just you know, yep. had no idea that yeah, you know, what what happened was was uh, going to happen. I, yeah, I remember that- after everything happened for months afterwards, just to deep depression that I know it sent me into and I, I think you had a similar experience where just yeah you couldn't it's hard yeah. to it, it's just why why would God why would the universe allow something like that to happen like where you lose you know I lost my grandmother and brother on the same day and you lost your mother and your firstborn child on the same day it's hard to 
wrap your head around that. Yeah. It's yeah. really hard to, it's hard to process that. It's hard to, to make sense of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one way I think I was able to kind of finally pull myself out of it was knowing that, you know, other people that have lived throughout history have suffered as bad as we suffered on that day or suffered even, even worse. So, you know, but that yeah. doesn't really take the pain away, you know, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The trauma of, of experiences that what, um, what things that you do, mom, that kind of help you get out of the depression that everything sent you into. I, I know you're a person of faith. Was it praying to God, you know, relying on God? Was it your yes. faith? Was it, what was it therapy? What, like, how did you kind of get through that? Well, it was a combination of things. It was a uh, number one, praying to God mm-hmm. every day, every moment, every second, especially when I saw myself really spiraling down in a state of depression because I had been through that years ago. And I know what that looked like. I know what that feels like. And I did not want to go in that cycle again. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, I was really praying, talking to God. Um, I had therapy. I had a therapist. She worked with me really hard, and she just released me at the beginning of this month here. And she worked with me. We had to do, you know, our activities, my sessions, rather, through Zoom. But she worked with me from the time I made that call to the counselor's office. Up until, you know, uh, the beginning of the month. And she worked with me and we did some exercises, breathing exercises, counting exercises. Remember your loved one on a birthday. Remember on certain holidays. Do this, do that, do that, do that. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. mainly she listened to me. Oh, my God. That young lady listened to me. Her name was Kaylin. And she listened to me. She was just letting me just pour out. And that's what. I recommend to anybody, you got to talk about it. You can't hold it all in. You got to let it out. You got to talk about it. And I did that in my faith in God and my faith in, I kept going to church. That was a big help too, because I heard the word, the pastor was preaching and the ministers and the prayers and the love of people everywhere I go, especially after it happened, everywhere I go. And I would tell my story. People would say, ah, oh, I'm so sorry. Can I give you a hug? And this was during COVID too. COVID was still fresh, but people wanted to give me a hug. People was telling me that that they were praying for me. Well, they was doing a lot of it too because I had got on the television station KSLA when Dominique did a a piece on me concerning Junior Mama. And, uh, but, you know, they were everywhere I was going, you know, I was telling people, you know, what had happened. You know, and I still do it, especially when I go to Shreveport. I let everyone know, you know, my son was murdered, you know, June 19th, you know, and my mother died on the same day, you know, because I try to let people know, you know, you may be having a bad day and you may be having some bad times. But look what I done been through and I'm still standing. I'm still here. I'm still here. You can't make it through. You know what I'm saying? So that's why, you know, I tell it. I tell the story everywhere I go, everywhere right. I go. Yeah, you did. Um, I did discover some, you know, just beautiful thing about like people when everything happened where 
lot of my friends, you know, reached out to me and they they were there for me. And some of my mm -hmm. old, you know, classmates from law school I hadn't talked to for years reached out to me. Some of my childhood friends reached out to me. Mm -hmm. And uh, that meant a lot to me. I remember after everything happened, I used to, you know, constantly tell my friends like how much I love them, how much I care about them. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, when, when something like that happened, you realize just how precious time is and how you never know. Yes. And uh, mm -hmm. I need to start back doing that because mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we don't tell people like really how much mm -hmm. How much they mean to us, like how much we need them and we appreciate them and we value them. And because we think that we have time, you know, I'll tell them, oh, they know. Don't tell them, you know, tell them because, you know, they may they may need that. And in fact, you may need that, you know. Yes. So, yes, um, yes. yeah. What, what do you think? Um, why do you think that? Do you think that there was a higher purpose you know, the idea that God, well, I guess my question, why would God allow something so terrible to happen to you? Have you thought about that? Sometimes I think <laughs> I'm being facetious now. Sometimes I think he must think I'm a trophy person for his death. I've experienced so much death in my life from right. time being a child. You know, losing my biological dad at three, my biological mom at 11, and just, you know what I'm saying, just losing, you know, family members, you know, and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm supposed to be the spokesperson for yeah, people you, that lost love. Yeah, you, know? I, I, you have a uh, you have experienced a lot of loss and pain and. Yes. Obviously, you know, okay. all human beings, we all experience and we all experience loss and pain and but it does seem that some people are dealt like tougher cards mm -hmm. where for some reason they seem to be privy to more pain and mm -hmm. and and trauma than other mm -hmm. human beings and mm -hmm. well, why is that why is some people destined for a charm life and why are some people destined for other lives it's just you know it, it's, mm -hmm. it's hard to make sense of that at times and Mm -hmm. I know, and I, and I I think about these questions uh, often, but I really, really did after after uh, Nanny and Junior died. These sort of mm -hmm. bigger, just the meaning to to everything. I really questioned a lot after uh, everything <laughs> happened. Um, yeah. Okay, well, let's let, let's uh, talk about some positive things. What what is your fondest memory of your son, Junior? <laughs> He just had that smile on his face. Mm -hmm. He would have a smile on his face. And one thing he would always say, and he and I, we would laugh about it. <laughs> and really, he was imitating your, your, you all's dad. Right. And he would say, you know, imitate your dad's favorite sin. I may not be perfect, but I'm sincerely <laughs> trying to do it God's way. And he started laughing. Right. <laughs> he would start laughing. He would start laughing. And I mean, he was just, you know, he would have you just laughing and just, you know, you would just forget about a lot of stuff because he'd just have you, you know, laughing. And I remember, uh, like, we went out to eat today, you know, in memory of him because he, he loved to eat. 
I remember how he would just sit down at the table and eat, eat, eat. I remember one time for Thanksgiving, we went to, you all came down to Florida where I was in mm-hmm. my apartment. How Junior was at the table, just eating, 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 eating. He loved to eat. <laughs> he loved some food. He loved some food. I remember that. I remember, I remember. You, you, so we just went out to uh, dinner to, you know, celebrate Junior. And uh, you asked me, you know, did I used to try to have a competition with Junior eating wise? And I say, I just love to eat. But I was thinking when I was a kid, we used to, uh, Nanny and Daddy used to take us to uh, Piccadilly. Oh, yeah. Uh, Junior, you know, my older brother, he would always get his food before me. And everything that he would get, I'd always say same thing, same thing, same thing. Because he's, you know, he's my older brother. I'm trying to, you know, be like him. And uh, he used to get frustrated. Right. Like, oh, man, you always get the same thing. You always get the same thing I get. Right. But maybe my love for food to this day, you know, maybe it did come from, you know, me trying yeah. to keep up with my older brother. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he yeah. did have this, uh, like you said, that smile. He had yeah. a, uh, he had a great sense of humor. He did. Love to laugh. We love to laugh. He had a great sense mm-hmm. of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had this, this, this smile that would just, mm-hmm. from your heart, this boyish, innocent smile. Yep. That yep. would grin on his face and, uh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. That little grin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to be truly, I think I told you this before, I, I don't think I'm ever going to be truly over, you know, his death, losing no. him in that way and how everything happened. And I don't think I've ever fully, and maybe you don't, maybe you don't ever truly, you know, get over losing somebody that, that you deeply love. Well, you, just, you just live, you just keep going because... I know me every time I think about Junior, even if I see a picture of Junior, if I see a picture of him or if I allow myself to remember him like more than like two or three minutes, I'll break down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I can't I can't do it. I, I just can't. Yeah. Like, it's like he's yeah, always in yeah. the back of my head, but I kind of. Yeah. If I go yeah. any further than that, I just like I lose yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Because your thing is you feel. Like you couldn't save them. But yeah. if you look at the big picture, you tried. You tried. You did everything in your power. You put us all in a big, beautiful home. You know, you tried. You did everything you could in your power. And that's what keeps me going to realizing that, you know, we tried to help Junior in so many areas. But guess what? At the end of the day, he had to make his own choice. He had to make his own choice. He had to make his own path. You know, you could try to do everything you can to save a person, but at the end of the day, they make their own choices. And that's where it went with Junior. That's where it went with Junior. He made his own choice. He made his own choice. Right. But one thing I never forget when he did call me that night and he wanted to come see Mama, and I told him, "No, Junior." Oh, you can't come now, but you'll see her later. I didn't know. I did not know he was going to end up getting murdered the same night that mama died. I did not know. And 
sometimes I kind of wrestle with that. Maybe I smoked it on them or something, you know. <laughs> right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, I just look at, you know, we did all we could. We did all we could. Because sometimes I think maybe, like, say, if he would have been here with us, then he wouldn't have been out at that night. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> he would have been here with us, you know. I don't know. But anyway, y'all, things happen, you know, the way. The more God helped him to be, you know, we, we can't control, you know, when any of us, you know, going to die, you know, but I just yeah. hate that he died, yeah, you know. He was so I'm young, just, too. I said yes. that um, one of the yes. really sad things about, you know, losing him, especially at this stage of my life, and uh, maybe it's kind of selfish, but the idea that when I do have kids, like my kids will never know him. Other than, yeah. you know, my stories and your stories of him. Right. They'll never right. know him. We won't we won't get to be like old men together, you know? Right, right, and, right. Um, that's right. That's unfortunate and sad. And uh yeah. do you think that do you think that we'll we'll get a chance to see him again? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. In heaven. In, In heaven. heaven we'll see him again. What do you think? Uh, what do you think him and Nanny are doing right now in this moment in heaven? What, what What do you think they're doing right now? I don't know. Right now, they probably they probably smiling down on us, knowing that we still, you know, remembering them. We still having memories of them. We still doing things in honor of them. We have not forgotten them. You know. Mm-hmm. I think they smiling down on us about that part because you know they love attention. They did love attention. Both of them. <laughs> they, <did. laughs> they love attention. <laughs> they love attention. And so you know, I think they you know enjoying that part about it. You know that we right. haven't forgotten them. You know because a lot of people after their loved ones leave, they don't really process it to me the right way because they just kind of hold them in their heart, but they never talk about them. They never do things in memory of them. They never, mm-hmm. you know, have moments where a family get together and discuss. You know what I'm saying? They they just just put it in the back of their mind and just say that person is gone and that's it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think the more that we continue to, you know, talk about them and share moments, you know, stories and stuff like that, we are really getting better through the grieving process. We are really healing. That's the word I'm trying to say. We're healing. Right. Yeah, we're getting, and it's gonna take time. It's been taking time. Just think, it's been a year, and to me, we have come a long ways within a year. We have yeah, come yeah. a long way, all three of us in our own way. You know, yeah. all of us have come a long ways. You know, even Sakandra, she come a long ways within and, 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 a year. And, and you know, we are Sakandra. Was his fiance? Yes, yes, right. yes. She's come a long ways, you know, within a year. real name, my grandmother, your mother, is Lucius Ferris Patterson. Yep. Missionary Patterson. Yep, Missionary Patterson. Right. My mama, y'all nanny. (laughs) No other mama like her. Yep, yep, yep. And it's so strange, Daniel. uh, You know, today is uh, symbolized as... Juneteenth Day, right. the day that the slaves, you know, were freed. 
And I was thinking this morning, and I was thinking about all the unmerciful killings that Blacks are doing to Blacks. And I was like, if only people realize, you know, what our slave, what, the, what our ancestors went through, you know, and how they suffered, you know, so much. We wouldn't ever be trying to kill each other <laughs> to me. You know what I'm saying? We wouldn't ever be trying to kill each other. We would be thinking, you know, hey, this is my brother. This is my sister. You know what I'm saying? You know? Yeah. So, but anyway, I'm just praying for everybody that things get better. You know? Things get better. Yeah. Mom, thank you so much for coming on the podcast to discuss this with me. And uh, going forward, we need to make this just a, you know, something we do to like every year at this time to have an episode where we, you know, talk about, you know, junior life and nanny life and, you know, yes. hopefully over time as my audience, as my fan base expand, more and more people will, you know, learn about oh. junior life and what he meant to me, what he meant to you and nanny life and will give them the attention, you know, more the attention that they always, you know, appreciate yeah. it. So Yeah, we'll do. Anyhow, Mom, I love you. Um, love you, too. Junior, for listening to this. Heaven, I love you, too, man. I miss you. Nanny, I love you. I miss you. And I can't wait to see you guys again. All right. Bye. Love you. Um, here is a reminder to check out my books on amazon.com if you want to send me any fan email it's dan ferris f-a-r-r-i-s author at gmail.com also if you would rate my uh, podcast on apple i would really appreciate that and also spotify as well uh, thank you for all your support and i'll see you guys next time